Hi, I'm Father Gregory Pine. And I'm Father Jacob Bertrand Jancic. And you're listening to the Catholic Classics Podcast, where we seek to grow our prayer lives by learning from the Church's greatest saints and teachers. Spiritual reading can be challenging for many Catholics, so this podcast is here to help. Each season, we'll read through a great work, unpack its timeless wisdom, and encourage you with practical tips for the pursuit of holiness. The Catholic Classics Podcast is brought to you by Ascension. This season, we are reading Ascension's edition of Introduction to the Devout Life by St. Francis de Sales. To get your copy of the book and download the reading plan for this season, visit ascensionpress.com slash catholicclassics or text INTRO to 33777. Be sure to follow us on your favorite podcast app. This is Day 3. Today we'll be reading Part 1 on the Councils and Exercises, Chapters 8-11, through 11, pages 47-59 through 59 in the Ascension edition of the book. Before we get into the reading, a quick look at what we're covering today. In the last episode, we acknowledged those two main obstacles to our growth in conversion, our conversion in conversation, and we identified them as mortal sin, habitual mortal sin, and then the attachment to sin is sometimes called the desire for sin. So rather than just waiting for habitual sin, mortal sin to come to us, uh, we want to take the fight to everything that issues from sin or everything that draws us into the life of sin. So in order to do that, we're going to start addressing our sins and our attachments to our sins. And the way that St. Francis de Sales proposes is by stirring up true contrition. And so he's going to propose this to us as, as a permanent feature of our life of prayer. And to help us with that, he's going to propose to us certain meditations. And so with this chapter, we begin a series of 10 meditations. It's a little bit of a new and strange genre for us because we've just been reading his spiritual counsels and now we're going to be reading his prayer guidelines. So yeah, just uh, kind of settle in for these. And then if you want to revisit them and use them for your own prayer, you can do just that. So having said that then, let's say a prayer and uh, get into the reading. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Grant us grace, O merciful God, to desire ardently all that is pleasing to thee, to examine it prudently, to acknowledge it truthfully, and to accomplish it perfectly. For the praise and glory of thy name, amen. Chapter 8. How to Undertake the Second Purgation Now, the first means for undertaking the second purgation is to grasp, vividly and vigorously, the great injury we suffer through sin. In this way, we will arouse for ourselves deep and fervent contrition. Indeed, since contrition, so long as it is true, even when it is ever so little, and above all when joined to the power of the sacraments, cleanses us sufficiently from sin, so too, when it is great and fervent, it cleanses us from desire for sin. Weak hatred makes us despise and avoid the company of the person whom we hate. However, if it is profound and violent hatred, we not only avoid and despise him, but in addition dislike and cannot endure even the company of his friends and kindred. Indeed, we even hate to look upon a picture of him and upon everything which belongs to him. So too, when the penitent hates his sin only with a light, though true, contrition, he indeed resolves to sin no more. However, when he despises it with powerful and vigorous contrition, then he not only detests sin, but also despises all desire for sin, everything that is connected to it, and whatever merely begins down the path toward it. Thus, dear Philothea, we must increase our contrition and repentance as much as we can, so that it may extend to the smallest thing that is connected to sin. When she converted, St. Mary Magdalene so completely lost the taste for sin and for the pleasure she had taken in it, 
that she never again thought of it. And David protested that he not only despised sin, Psalm 119, 104, and 128, but also hated the roots and paths leading to it. Here we find a practice that will set us on the path for renewing our souls, something which the same prophet compares to young eagles in their growth. Psalm 103.5 Now, if you wish to grasp the reality of your sin and have this kind of contrition, you must earnestly take up the meditations in the subsequent chapters. If you practice them assiduously, you will find with the help of God's grace, you will be able to root out of your heart all sin with its main desires. I have written these meditations entirely for this purpose. Meditate upon them in order, taking only one per day, if possible, in the morning, which is the most proper time for spiritual exercises. This will allow you to ruminate on it for the rest of the day. However, if you are not yet accustomed to meditation, see what is said in the second part concerning this topic. Chapter 9. First Meditation. On Creation. Preparation. 1. Place yourself in God's presence. 2. Pray to Him that He inspire you. Considerations. 1. Consider your own being. It was not all that long ago that you did not exist. Indeed, so recently in history, your being was in truth nothing at all. Where were we then, O my soul? The world had already existed for so many ages, but none had ever heard of us. 2. God caused you to come forth out of this nothingness, to make you what you are. He had no need of you, but solely out of his goodness he brought you into existence. 3. Consider the being God has given you. It is the loftiest being in all the visible world, a being that is capable of eternal life, a being that is perfectly united with his divine majesty. Affections and Resolutions 1. Humble yourself profoundly before God, saying from your heart with the psalmist, quote, Lord, my lifetime is as nothing in your sight, end quote, Psalm 39, verses 4 and 5. And how was it that you were mindful of me so as to create me? See Psalm 8, 4. Alas, my soul, you were submerged in that ancient nothingness and would still be there had God not drawn you forth from there. What could you have done in that nothingness? 2. Give thanks to God. O oh, my great and good Creator, how profoundly I am in your debt, for you graciously take me in my nothingness, in your mercy making me what I am. What can I ever do to worthily magnify your holy name? How could I ever give thanks to your unimaginable goodness? 3. Be confounded. But alas, my Creator, instead of uniting myself to you in love and service, I have been rebellious in my inordinate affections, erring and straying from you. Alas, I have united myself to sin failing to honor you as is fitting. I have lived my life as though you were not my creator. 4. Abase yourself before God. O my soul, know that the Lord is your God. He is the one who made you, you did not make yourself. See Psalm 103. O God, I am the work of your hands. See Psalm 138.8. 5. From this day onward, I will no longer take pleasure in myself, for of myself I am nothing. Quote, how can he who is dust and ashes be proud? End quote. Sirach 10.9 Indeed, O you nothingness, for what could you exalt yourself? Therefore, to humble myself I resolve to do this or that, as you, Lord, will in my life, to suffer this or that disgrace, as it befalls me. I will change my life and will follow my Creator. I will honor the particular conditions of being that he has given to me, devoting it fully in obedience to his will, by whatever means I am taught, and as is given to me by my spiritual director, when I come to him seeking guidance. Conclusion 1. 
Give thanks to God. Quote, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. End quote. Psalm 103.1. For his goodness has drawn me out of nothing, and his mercy has created me. 2. Offer. O my God, I give to you with all my heart the being that you have given me. I dedicate it to you. 3. Pray. O God, strengthen me in these affections and resolutions. O Mother of God, set these petitions before the mercy of your Son with all those for whom I must pray, etc. Pray in Our Father and a Hail Mary. After praying, linger a bit upon this meditation and gather from these meditations a small bouquet of devotion to keep in hand so that its scent may remain with you all day long. Chapter 10. Second Meditation. On the End for Which We Were Created. Preparation. 1. Place yourself in God's presence. 2. Pray to Him that He inspire you. Considerations. 1. God did not create you because He needed you, for His omnipotence does not require you. Why then did He place you in the world? Only to exercise His goodness in you, by giving you His grace and glory. To that end, He has given you understanding so that you might know Him, memory so that you might be mindful of Him, a will so that you might love Him, an imagination in order to consider his blessings, your eyes in order to behold the wonder of his works, your tongue in order to praise him. The same is true of all your other powers as well. 2. Now, since you were created and put into the world to this end, all deeds contrary to this end must be avoided and rejected, and those which do not lead you toward this end should be spurned as being useless and unnecessary. 3. Consider the wretched state of those worldly people who never recall all of this, living as though they were created only to build houses, plant trees, heap up riches, and spend their days in trifling amusements. Affections and Resolutions 1. Confound yourself. Reprimand your soul for its wretchedness, which heretofore has been so great, seldom, or never thinking of all this. Say to yourself, Alas, what did I think of, O God, when I had no thought of you? What did I remember while my memory was forgetful of you? What did I love when I did not love you? Alas, I should have fed upon the truth, and I was a glutton upon vanity, serving the world which was created only to serve me in service of you. 2. Detest your past life. Say to yourself, O vain thoughts and useless flights of fancy, I abjure you, O frivolous and despicable memories. And you, O unfaithful and disloyal friendships, lewd and wretched deeds in service to the world, useless gratifications and unwelcome pleasures, I renounce you. 3. Turn back to God. And you, O my God, my Savior, you shall hereafter be the sole object of my thoughts. No more will I apply my mind to flights of fancy that are displeasing to you. My memory will be filled all the days of my life with the greatness of your goodness, so full of mercy at work on my behalf. You will be the delight of my heart and the sweetness of my affections. Ah, henceforth I will detest those vanities and trifling things that have drawn away my attention those unprofitable employments in which I have squandered my days, those affections that have captivated my heart. To this end, I will make use of those remedies that are needed. Conclusion 1. Thank God who made you for so excellent an end. You created me, O Lord, for yourself so that I may rejoice eternally in the greatness of your glory. When shall I be worthy of it? When shall I bless you as I ought? 2. Offer with all my heart and soul, I offer you, O my dear Creator, all these affections and resolutions. 3. Pray. I beseech you, O God, to accept these my desires and vows, and to bestow upon my soul your holy blessing, so that I may accomplish them through the merits of the blood of your Son shed upon the cross. Once again, gather together a small bouquet of devotion.
Chapter 11, Third Meditation on the Benefits Bestowed by God Preparation 1. Place yourself in God's presence. 2. Pray to Him that He inspire you. Considerations Consider the bodily gifts God has given you. Your very body, the conveniences needed for maintaining it, what health and legitimate comforts for it, what friends and useful acquaintances, and consider all this in comparison with the lot of so many others, men and women who are much worthier than yourself, yet they are destitute of all these blessings, some suffering from bodily infirmity or other malady, others subjected to reproaches, contempt, and dishonor, others weighed down with poverty. And consider that God has not allowed you to be so miserable. 2. Consider your gifts of mind. How many stupid, mad, and foolish men there are in the world? Why are you not numbered among them? Because God has favored you. How many men and women have been brought up coarsely and in wretched ignorance? And what about you? By God's providence, you have been well-nurtured and educated. 3. Consider your spiritual graces, O Philothea. You are a child of the church. God has given you knowledge of himself even from your youth. How often has he given you his sacraments? How often has he bestowed upon you inspirations, interior illuminations, and admonitions so that you might amend your conduct? How often has he pardoned you your faults? How often has he delivered you from occasions of sin to which you have been exposed? And have not your past years been a gift of time and opportunity so that you might advance on paths that are good for your soul? Consider line by line the long list of how God has been so good and gracious to you. Affections and Resolutions 1. Admire the goodness of God. Oh, how good is my God to me! Oh, how good he is! O Lord, how rich is your heart in mercy, how bountiful in goodness! See Psalm 86.5. O my soul, let us forever recount the mercies he has bestowed upon us. 2. Wonder at your own ingratitude. What am I, O Lord, that you have been mindful of me? See Psalm 8.4. Ah, how great is my unworthiness! Alas, I have trampled your benefits underfoot. I have dishonored your graces, converting them into abuse and contempt of your sovereign goodness. The depths of my ingratitude have stood in opposition to the lofty heights of your grace and favor. 3. Stir up gratitude in your heart. Well then, my heart no longer be unfaithful, ungrateful, and disloyal to this great benefactor. How could my soul henceforth fail to be wholly subject to God? See Psalm 62.1, who has wrought so many wonders and graces in me and for me. 4. Ah, withdraw then your body, Philothea, from such pleasures as distract it and consecrate it to the service of God, who has done so much for it. Set your soul to its task, to know and acknowledge him, making use of the exercises that are needed to this end. Diligently make use of the means bestowed by the church for your salvation, and love Almighty God. Say to yourself, Yes, O my God, I will frequently pray and receive the sacraments. I will listen to your holy word and perform works inspired by you, following the Holy Spirit's counsel. Conclusion 1. Thank God for the knowledge he has now given to you concerning your duty and for all the benefits you have received through your life. 2. Offer him your heart with all your resolutions. 3. Pray to him that he may enable you to practice them faithfully through the merits of his son's death. Implore the intercession of the Mother of God and the saints. Pray in our Father, etc. Once again, gather together a small bouquet of devotion. So St. Francis de Sales sets this conversation up in terms of contrition, or what we might call penitence. And here we understand it as a virtue. So it's not just something that you bring to the sacrament of confession for confession. It's something that you bring to your devout life for the transformation of the entirety of that life. In the spiritual tradition of the church, we often relate penitence or contrition to the virtue of justice, because what it is, 
is it's a just recognition that you've done things which, you know, offend God and wound your relationships with God, with yourself, with others. And in response to that, we stir up a kind of sorrow or hatred for those past sins so that we can incorporate that sorrow and hatred into our conversion going forward. So Father Jacob Bertrand, thinking a little bit about contrition and or penitence, uh, and then the way that it factors into our conversion, what are some places or what are some things that we can uh, introduce into the conversation at this stage? Um, don't be afraid. That would be the first thing. Um, the the sort of just like the list of words that we've just that you've just introduced talked about contrition, penitence, justice, sa- sorrow, hatred. It seems like super negative, super like a bunch of downers. Like, gosh, I thought like holiness was supposed to be about happiness and fulfillment, but here we have all of these these things. And I think it's important for us to remember that this this process we could say of pure purgation of weeding out what is not you know great in our lives is there is a negative side to it because those are bad things so we have to we have to work with god's grace to root those out but also we can't forget and you know saint francis wouldn't want us to forget that this is it's an act of god's mercy here to draw us into his own life and to be made fit to share in the divine life to be made like gods you know as as the scriptures say so i think i think it would be wrong to to say that penitence or like detestation for sin like we'll get over that one day we'll never have to do that of course in heaven we won't but he, for the here and now these are part and parcel of the christian life because they move us beyond the things that trap us i think that's a good way to think about it that they help us they free us from the trappings of of sin so they they kind of become pieces of of our of our conversion and of our coming to know christ i don't know if that makes sense to you, Father Gregory, but I think it's a helpful way, at least, that I that I kind of look at these things. Yeah, and I often contrast contrition slash penitence with regret. So the regretful person looks back on his or her past and sees bad things and says, yikes, I wish that didn't happen. I wish it were undone. Whereas the contrite or penitent person looks back on his or her past and sees, you know, a series of misadventures, but with the consciousness that those misadventures have brought him here. Um, and here is with the Lord. Now, mind you, could we be more with the Lord? Undoubtedly, right? Could we Could we grow in grace and virtue? Certainly that's the case. But we are here, thanks be to God, right? You listener are listening to this podcast. Maybe you've been duped. Maybe you thought you were going to listen to a NASCAR podcast today, and instead you're not. Uh, but maybe you're you're, you're somewhat surprised and even delighted at the prospect of listening to something about the devout life. That's already a sign that God is working in your life. So you can look back at the past and say, all right, God is working even here. Maybe it's by permitting a certain sin for whatever reason known to him alone. Uh, maybe it's for introducing into my life a certain person who's going to witness to me. It's hard to say, right? But, but it's led to here. And so yeah, when we say uh, kind of when we're trying to stir up con- contrition or penitence in our lives, the point isn't to be like sin, bad, regret, terrible, yikes. Uh, the point is to be on the lookout for the Lord and how He's working, which is cool because Saint Francis de Sales does this seamlessly. You might expect him to just talk all about sin and you know sin and sin, so as to intimidate you at the fact that you are one capable of sin, two that you perform sins, and three, that you probably will stumble into them in the future, but he actually ends up talking about God quite a bit. We'll, we'll have some of that sin conversation in a later episode, uh, but here he's talking about creation, he's talking about things in light of God. So for us, you know, it's it's to fix our eyes on the God who is present, past, present, and 
you know, God willing, I was about to say him willing, but I don't think that's right. Proper English. Uh, God willing, we'll, we'll, we'll have the assurance of his presence in the future. Um, so yeah, maybe then thinking about some of these themes, some of these subjects, as we think about God and all things in light of God, how does that relate to contrition in your experience? And what might we do um, when we approach these these different meditations as a way by which to strengthen our prayer lives? Yeah, th- I think that what you said about uh, being here, like our past has led us here to the present, is is an important thing for us to remember. You know, we can't change the past, we can't control the future, but we're here. And you know, I'm not. That's not a way to say, sort of say like our past sins are like okay, it's now. You know, like thank goodness for those because I've gotten here. But we say we talk about being here and present because our Lord is here and present, as Father Gregory was saying, and He draws us into Himself through these through these movements of contrition, sorrow, penitence. So, you know, I think uh, for all of this, the the sacrament of penance is is the model, at least in my mind, of, of like, how ought to I, how ought I live sort of a, a helpful life of penance? Well, how do we look at the sacrament of penance? How do we approach that? Well, first, you know, we make an examination of conscience. We can't move away from those things that um, are sinful, are, are, are bad, those temptations, unless we're aware of them and can ask for the grace and the strength to, to be moved away and to move away from them. So that can be a daily thing, you know, before bed to look back on your day and look at like, well, what have I done poorly and ask for the grace to do it better, but also what have I done well and thank God for that. But also then to, you know, to be with our Lord, to be upfront with our sins and our fallings, our failings, beg his mercy, and then to adopt a little penance, you know, so whether that's, um, you know, whatever it might be, these meditations from St. Francis can be helpful in that too, but to, to use them to adopt a sort of like, maybe not snacking between meals on Fridays, you know, these little things just to do a little penance and remind us of our of our need for God and his mercy and our our um, reparation for sin. So I think it's it's good to keep in mind that these the things that we're doing here that St. Francis is, is encouraging us to do aren't, don't need to be huge kind of revolutionary things, though conversion can be, but, you know, little ways that our lives become more and more tuned and attached to Christ. Yeah, I'm thinking here of a little description that St. Thomas Aquinas gives of Christian conversion, and he marks four stages. They're not stages in the way in which, like, Tour de France stages are stages, um, they're all simultaneous, but they're four notes in conversion. And the first is God gives us grace. Second, he turns us to himself. Third, he turns us from sin. And fourth, that sin is remitted or forgiven. So it's fascinating because a lot of us think about like our conversion. First, we have to have sin remitted, and then we need to turn away from it. And then we got to turn to God. And then, you know, God gives us his grace. It's like, nope. That's actually completely opposite. If we do anything good, right, if we correct our stance towards sin or if we address the problems that we have with created goods, our attachments, um, our inordinate desires, right, that's going to be by God's grace. And I think that when we talk about contrition or penitence, what we're talking about is a way of safeguarding the grace that God has given, uh, fanning it into flame, right, enkindling that love for his life of grace so that ultimately we respond better to it. But with this consciousness throughout the whole of it that that God is there, that God is at work, um, that God is faithful, uh, that God is loving, and that we can rely upon that, that we can trust that. So then as we come to the end of this episode, Father Jacob Bertrand, any last uh, encouragements or anything that you want to highlight here? Just to reiterate what you've just said, actually, that was that was a thought of mine, that that God is here, he's faithful, that I, I like to say often that God desires 
your holiness and fulfillment more than you can even begin to desire for yourself. And and we ought to take consolation and strength in that. And and I think that should encourage us too to sort of dive in uh, with with a little abandon, or I don't know if you can have a little abandon. I guess you're either <laughs> abandoned to something or you're not. But to dive into this to to works of penitence and, and contrition with abandon. I mean prudently, but with abandon, trusting that it's our Lord who guides and 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 corrects and leads and all of that. That that He's really at the helm and He's inviting us to come with. And that's an awesome invitation. All right. Boom. So that's it for today. Uh, Thanks so much for having tuned in. Be sure to follow us wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, To download the reading plan and support the production of this podcast, please visit ascensionpress.com slash Catholic Classics. And we are always interested in getting to know the digital community, so please join us at our next Godsplaining event, whether it be a pilgrimage or retreat or something else. And details and applications can be found at godsplaining.org. So know of our prayers for you, please pray for us, and we will catch you next time on Catholic Classics.